When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to It's 11 at 7 for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans. For Leicester City fans, joined tonight by A.D. Damon from BBC Radio Leicester. A.D., it's great to have you with us. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. I'm so chuffed. I've got my shirt on and everything. I've been looking forward to this all day. So thank you ever so much for having me. Yeah, we're looking forward to having you as, as well. Uh, last time we caught up with you, me, Tom and Steve were at Wembley and we were a couple of hours away from absolute greatness. Uh, Yuri Tillman's banging one in the top corner. What a day that was, eh? Do you know, I was so grateful as well because I went down on my own mark and uh, I was on the coach, got down there, didn't really know anyone and he took pity on me and looked after me around the fan square. I just remember having some like Barry Big cans of Stella and being with you, sipping them with the Leicester City fans and it, it was just, it was it was a great start to cup final day. So, yeah, thank, I've never really said to you, but thanks for looking after me on that day, really. We'll look after, we'll look after you any time, pal. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> uh, it was a good day, wasn't it, Tom? Uh, but few chance first game after after covid and all that and then uh, one few hours after bloody hell yeah just a bit um i think it was one of those one of those days where where you're always hoping aren't you but you're trying not to expect anything um but yeah before the before the match i've, I've not seen an atmosphere like that to be honest that's quality yeah it was it was good feels like a long time ago now steve doesn't it it does feel like an eternity ago. It's hard to think it was just the end of last season. But what a great day. And, uh, and of course, your mum, although thinking we were going to lose, when she decided to go to the toilet, she said, I bet we'll score now. And that's when Tielemans put it in the back of the net. Yeah. What a, what a time to go for a wee, eh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> she says, well, I'll see it on the telly. <laughs> Baz, how did you feel when you saw Villa win the uh, FA Cup? <laughs> what a dick! Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I can't answer, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed Leicester winning. To be honest, yeah, I know that's such an arrogant thing saying it, but you know, wedding road, we have to. Uh, you started a new job today. You're all good though, yeah. It's great to have you with us. Yeah, I'm I'm good, man. Thank you. Good. How are you? Pleased to have you with us. All right. Yeah, not too bad at all. A bit frustrated after the the performance, not the performance, the result on on Saturday. A bit. Bit gutted, really. But Aidy, before we start going into that, how come you're a Leicester City fan? Leicester born and bred. Leicester born and bred. Yes, I'm a Glenfield boy. Um, hey, I, same I, as me. You know, yeah. we got to stick together as Glenfield boys. Um, and um, my, I remember my dad. I was thinking about it today, actually, on like my first ever game, and it was '94 season down at Filbert Street, and uh, Leicester played Bolton on a Tuesday night before the playoffs. Was it two two? It was a draw. I can't. I, I can't remember. I remember. I think Phil G scored. Do you remember? Yeah. Phil G? Um, but I remember it for like the wrong because I'd have been like about seven or eight years old. And I remember going down with my dad and my uncle. My uncle took his mate called Andy, and he got a big bold head. I mean, you know, kind of you know me talking now, being follically challenged. And it was at the time of Gary Coates was playing centre arc. And they yeah. told me two things. This group of blokes that was supposed to look after me for the night. First thing was, was don't tell Andy that he's bold because he doesn't know yet. So like, you know, a little kid, I'm looking at his bloke thinking he's got no idea. He's got a shiny head. Uh, and the second thing was, <laughs> he's Gary Coatsworth's brother. And uh, and I just remember the kid, kid looking at him and then watching Gary Coatsworth on the pitch thinking, is that really his brother? Can he get me his autograph? Like, you know, kind of. So um, from an early age, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, Filbert Street, the season tickets, 
um, since then as well. McGrone Place take me down, sat in the Carling Stand as well, and now at the King Power as well. So yeah, through through all the good times, but but through all them bad times as well. We're always good times and the bad. We're always back the lads as the uh, as the song goes. You getting down much this season, AD? Yeah, getting down to most of the games this season as well. So, um, yeah, really, really lucky to, to to get down there. Still see a few games. Obviously became a dad recently. Um, so I have to kind of save up all my brownie points now. But my little slice of that little golden afternoon is is going down to football, having a few beers, switching off, uh, and then coming back for, you know, normally some earache from the missus that I've had too many sherbets and, you know, I've had too much of a good time. But well, I, worth, I to that well worth it. Well worth it. That sounds great. Tom, what was your first game? Do you remember it? Like no, I don't. I, I really don't remember it, to be honest. Um, I know it, I used to pop down occasionally with, with yourself and your dad down to Filbert Street. Um, I remember not seeing a lot, hearing a few swear, swear words for the first time. And um, Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Best one were, were at you, I think. But <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I couldn't tell you who we played. Well, thanks for that. You've really kept this little segment going now. <laughs> really appreciate that. Steve's got a mouthful of some food. So, Baz, what about you? What was your first game? It was an Aberdeen game, wasn't it? Um, my first as a child, what, yeah, my uncle took me to watch um, Aberdeen versus St Johnston away when we drew one all and Billy Dodds. No, Scott Booth scored. Um, and my first Villa game Scott was. Booth. Yeah, first Villa game was um, Villa versus Arsenal. And it was a nil-nil draw, and it was one of the best games I've ever seen. Like that was peak, peak Arsenal, peak Villa. Really good. You've got your next Villa game coming up shortly as well. We're all getting together for it, and we're, we're buzzing, aren't we? We're going to be living the dream that weekend. Uh, all, all five of us that, that are getting together, you must be uh, excited about seeing Villa in the flesh. Yeah, I am. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, I just think it'll be a game, but like we, we need to improve. I've never really done well with sitting in an away stand. I had to. Um, I did it for against Bolton, and we went two 0 up against them and lost three two. And um, I walked out and got booed the whole way out, uh, walking out. So I'm going to hopefully not the same again. Yeah. So uh, if you're sitting in uh, in block, I think it's FF, and you see someone Scottish in there, uh, make sure you give them a, a nice reception. Go on, Steve. Take us back to the uh, the end of the Second World War. What was your first game? <laughs> Cheeky bastard. Um, <laughs> Well, it was to see Arthur Rowley and... No, it it was in the days of Franco Farrell, actually, I think. I started going down in the 60s to watch the reserves with my dad, who was a season ticket holder, in the old wooden main stand. But the first season I can remember going was 69-70 or 70-71. I'm pretty sure it was 70-71 when we got promoted. And um, was Franco Farrell manager then? He He was manager when I first went down. And I remember getting annoyed because we lost 1-0 at home to Sheffield United. It was in the days of Shilton and Nish and whatever. And they scored direct from a corner and I didn't think that should be allowed. There you go. <laughs> so you didn't know the laws of the game back then? So No, uh, I didn't know. Not uh, as an eight or nine-year-old, no. I, I can't remember what my first game was, actually. I know that I had a season ticket in 94 and I remember the, the first game that season against, I think it was Millwall at home. Uh, if I'm right in saying we won 4 0, and Julian Jochim scored a goal where he picked it up uh, about 35 yards from his own goal and, and ran past everyone and smashed it into case, past Casey Keller, who the season after came to join us. But uh, that was a, a glorious, glorious day. And then we had to run back across town to get the bus home. So, yeah, they, they were the days, my friend, absolute quality. But we are in heavy heights at the moment, and we've gone, come fresh from going to Old Trafford, Steve, and we're disappointed with a point. Does that tell you how far this Leicester City side have come? Yeah, maybe how far Manu have plummeted as well. But um, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I think um, definitely, uh, you know, I think the the team and manager have had some unfair criticism. There's been some very poor performances this year, but the injuries have been horrific. I, I mean, you look, other than uh, Schmeichel and Sionchu, a lot of the others, like indeed he's played 18 games out of how many, 28 or 29? And you look down, Vardy's similar. You know, that was Fafana's first league game of the season. Johnny Evans has played eight or nine. You know, we've missed so many players throughout the season. And I truly believe 
we should have played with a bit more on the front foot against Man U. They were there for the taking. I think we let them off the hook. But I think the lack of match fitness in our back four probably caught us out and Johnny having to go off. We lost a bit of organisation just at the wrong time to let them in for the equaliser, I think. And uh, that was the first time, Adi, since that glory stay at Wembley that we were mentioning earlier on, that we had Wesley Fofana and Johnny Evans back in the same lineup. It was great to see them together, wasn't it? It, it was. It was brilliant. And like you said, Mark, I think, I think the thing is as well is, is that going to Old Trafford, it was the first time in a long time where I thought, yeah, we could do this. And we're talking about work and I kind of what do you think what's going to be. And I genuinely, genuinely thought that three points was going to be on the cards. Like, you know, kind of like Steve was saying as well, I guess the thing is, is, is how far man you have plummeted. But we look good. Fafana's back. He, I tell you what, I genuinely think he's someone like Kante that we're watching at the minute. I think he's someone that is a special player that will have for a short time, but we will reminisce on him and say, wasn't he great? You know, what, like, you know, mm. Mares, a Kante type player that, that will have come through Leicester's doors. Um, and to see him and, and Johnny Evans is quality. Like you, you think about, when was it? A couple of three seasons ago, Man City were going to put in like an emergency bid for him, weren't they? So, you know, yeah. at one point. And I just think, you know, again, you know, agree with Steve, the, the, the injuries we've had, it's been absolutely shocking, and we do not take that into consideration about the amount of plays that's been on the injury table. Um, and I just, I, we, it's just, I guess you look at it when we won the league that season. Perhaps everyone around us wasn't having a great season, you know, and we just kind of like snuck in there and did our thing, and that was great. I think this season is one of those seasons where it's the opposite, where we've just kind of not got to write it off as such, but also think we've been really, really bloody unlucky and. It's just one of those things. It's going to be mid, mid-table mid mediocre, isn't it? And uh, it happens. It happens. But it, it, we have just been, I think, really, really unlucky. I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Barry, I know you're a big fan of Wesley Fofana. Do you see him just slotting straight back into that sort of form? Because it's always a danger, isn't there, when someone's had a long-term injury, that they're not going to be quite the same player for a little while. But he's not showing any signs of that. Yeah, but you've got, you've got to try him. And you've got to trust the player. He'll, he'll be seeing his fine and... The, the scientists and the physio now will be setting a, a time limit and determine how long he gets per game. But he, he is, he's, what, he's one of the like serious star boys of the league. I think I think he's phenomenal. He, he actually seems to have came back with a bit of swagger about him as well. I, he, he, on the ball, he looks good. Um, he's doing little quick turns. He just seems very, very confident. And, and, and when Evan's there, they, they just look dynamite together. They're such a good yeah. partnership. It's just a shame that Evans is probably coming to the end and didn't get another two years out of him because that would yeah. bring for Farman a hell of a lot. Yeah, well, Man U say it's their biggest error, isn't it, selling Evans when they did was to West Brom? Louis Van Hall, part of his fire saying, I think, when he took over. Do you know what I think is almost a, a bigger disgrace than United letting him go? The fact he went to West Brom for a few years in his prime. I know. Time, that that is, is a huge sort of uh, coup for them, isn't it? The time? <laughs> do, do you think, Tom? Yeah, well, incredible, really, that that's that's the way it went. Um, because I, I don't think we expected a lot when he came to us, really, and he he kind of blew us away, didn't he? Um, became one that you couldn't leave out of the team, and unfortunately, that that injury um, that he sustained uh, kind of made him struggle for a little while, didn't it? Um, obviously, we've we've had problems with injuries. Um, through the whole back four that we played the other day as well. Um, so it's as Steve said, you know, the fact that we've we've done all right with what we've got, it's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, we've done 15 minutes without talking about VAR contentious decisions and everything <laughs> oh. else that goes with it. But Barry, I'll come to you because you are not particularly hugely invested in, in Leicester. You've not got the into specs that probably us four have got on, but let's talk about Scott McTominay and his challenge first. What did you make to that? Oh, it's just unbelievable. I think um, I went on a wee rant in our WhatsApp group about this big six propaganda that's going on. I just don't get it. I don't. That was he was he was off the ground. His foot was above the ankle. Um, he wasn't in control of what he was doing. He'd clearly lost his temper in the previous challenge. He'd like that is an instant red. But it, it, you don't need VAR. That's an instant red. It's utterly gross that that went to VR and wasn't overturned. And it really, really pisses me off that if that was Leicester, so if that was 
I don't know if that was Fafana on Fernandez. There would have been three minutes looking at it, waiting to get that one snapshot of, yep, it connected back to the ankle bone, that's him off, get him off. And it, it's, just, it's just ruining the league and ruining the entertainment. Yeah, I think Jose Perez got sent off for something less than that, in my opinion. And Rogers was complaining about that as well. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, Aidy, what about for you? VAR, <coughs> surely, when it comes to that, you, you've got to have someone sat in a TV studio telling the referee that that is clear and obvious. How can that not be? Um, I mean, how many times, like, have you talked about on the podcast as well, you know, kind of like with VAR, you know, Liverpool, Man U now, you know, kind of, it seems like all the time those decisions go against us. And I agree with Baz, like the fact that, you know, there would have been kind of three minutes, four minutes of someone watching it if it was for final, if it was a Leicester player. The fact that he was right in front of the referee, the fact that he wasn't in control of it, that he's well over the ball. I mean, Madison goes about six foot up in the air, don't they? You know, before he comes down as well. It, it's just, it's just a horrible, horrible tackle. But I don't, I, I kind of like, it just upsets my day a little bit because you, you kind of like, you know, want to, you know, you want to go out the garden and scream, don't you? You think to yourself, how many more times is this going to happen with VAR? How many more times are we going to be in this situation? It always seems like less. The other thing as well is, is that, I, I kind of think that we would have been vilified for it. You know, you look on social media, if it was one of our players, it just seems to be, oh, yeah, well, perhaps McTominay should have got a red card, and that's it. It's kind of brushed over. If it had been one of our players, you know, there'd be calls for six-game ban. Not, you know, kind of like, you know, they'd, they'd, everyone would be jumping on the right horses about it. And I just, it just really gets on your tits a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, well, if it was on the, if it was on Fernandez, like Barry said, they'd have held a minute silence for him. I think halfway through that, knowing the sort of player that he is, it's, it's not going to get any better because Mike, Mike Dean's retiring and he's going to go and work for them now, isn't he? He's going to stop retiring. Oh, yeah. It's sort of a really unpopular opinion, but I quite like Mike Dean. Oh, he's a uh, comedy value, yeah. <laughs> Tom, do, do you remember the noise? Have you seen him in the crowd? Is it Tranmere that he supports? Tranmere, yeah. yeah. When he heard the players, yeah. Isn't he? yeah. <laughs> Proper football man, isn't he? Uh, yeah, you know, Tom, when uh, when he was refereeing when we had Nigel Pearson, he, Pearson didn't like him too much. Do you remember the, uh, the conversation that he had against him? I think it was Spurs away back in the day. Uh, something about him being the most unlikable man he's ever met, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> So I think the, the um, reporter had said to Pearson, have you spoken to Mike Dean about the decision? So we lost 4-3 at Spurs. Harry Kane scored one of his 58 hat-tricks against us. And uh, it won, the last one was a penalty for a handball. That, oh, it wasn't a handball. It was a foul that wasn't really a foul. Uh, and he said, have you spoke to Mike Dean about it? He said, why would I speak to him? He's one of the most arrogant men that I've ever met. <laughs> It'd have been lovely to catch him in the crowd, though, wouldn't it? At Tranmere, going, for fuck's sake, ref. (laughs) 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 And berating the referee, but I bet he won't. You know, without dwelling too much on this, Tom, but if uh, McTominay gets a red card in that challenge, does that change the game there for us? There's 40 minutes to go at that that time. I I think we played pretty well second half anyway, didn't we? But Mm. it would have been a huge turn in the game there and really gave us the momentum to, to kick on. Well, I've got a slight confession to make. I actually missed the second half. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty gutted about it, to be honest. Um, but I've caught up on a fair amount of highlights and match of the day and the like. And what I will say about um, you talking about, you know, the big six having control over VAR, um, match of the day didn't even show that challenge. No. Um, I had to look elsewhere to, to find that. That's the so, BBC for you. Oh, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah, with Lenica running the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the way that he flies into that, it's, you know, a career-threatening injury that he's, that he's got going on Madison. And it um, is. If his leg was planted on the floor then and not off the ground, he would have broken his leg for sure. Yeah. 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 is one of those characters that has been known to do this. He's... Uh, yeah. He's often a bit of a nasty piece of work in the midfield for them. So. He's a hothead, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he completely well, loses it. Without dwelling too much on that, obviously they should have been down to 10 men. Let's just talk talk us through the goal, uh, Steve, if you would. From them breaking away, it was a magnificent piece of work by a few less players. Well, it was. It wasn't. Uh, Madison said, not his best corner. I think it was headed away by the guy in the front post. Um, they immediately went into transition and launched a break. Um, I can't remember whether it was Fred that Tielemans tackled. Somebody broke away and Tielemans tackled and the ball spilled out. And 
it didn't look like it should have been our ball. Was it Fafana then made the tackle? Was it or was it? No, it's KDH. Oh, KDH yeah. was it? Yeah, that's right. I'm re- yeah, you have to forgive. His memory's not what it used to be. Yeah, KDH. What a tackle that was. He had no right to win that ball. But not only did he not only did he make the tackle, he came away with the ball at his feet, played the ball into Madison. I think Pogba's waiting for him to cut back on his right foot. On what a cross with his weaker foot, with his left foot for Ian Acho. And uh, when he headed it, when De Gea got a hand to it, I thought, oh my God, he's going to save it. So it was a relief to see that he, that it went in the back of the net. Fantastic goal, because it was kind of, suddenly we'd lost the ball, they were on the break, then we got the ball back and we caught them on the hop. It all happened in seconds. It was like, oh my God, we could go a goal down and we went a goal up. Brilliant goal. It was a brilliant goal, Andy. Did that get you out your, out your seat when you're watching at home? Do you know, the, the thing that got me excited then was it was talking about KDH again. What a player yeah. he is. Yeah. You know the best thing about him as well? He wears black boots. I love that. Yeah. Black, you know what I mean? He's got nothing fancy about him, nothing like that. And he just, he's going to, that kid's going to be a hero, isn't it? He? He's going to be an yeah. athlete. You think he's halfway there already. But yeah, like he's, I think, I think, like Steve was saying, the fact for me is he's like, I'm still of the old school of Leicester when they broke down the other half and I thought, oh no, here we go again. Here we go. <laughs> and I've kind of got my enemy hands. And then to see he's playing with that kind of confidence. And going back to Fafana as well, kind of, even him at the back, they all look happy playing, don't they, at the minute? They yeah. look happy. They look like, a team, and for whatever happens with Telemans, you know, whatever happens with him, he's still giving hundred percent. And to kind of break up the play for, for KDH to get that tackling um, and go up the other end. And I must admit, I, think, I, I thought De Gea made a bit of a pig's ear of it. To be honest with you, I thought yeah. if, if it was Casper the other end, we'd have been talking and probably giving him a bit of a grilling call and saying he should have done better. But Old Trafford. Any actually to pick one in like that on a diving header, it it was brilliant. It was I, I was well on my feet, well on my feet, trying to trying to not wake the baby from a nap. He made up for it later though, didn't he? De Gea with that save oh, from Little oh, West. That was thing. like out of the top draw. That one. That reminded I me. I thought of you, that was in. Yeah. Sorry. It reminded me of you when you were. Ah uh, no, were, it was a little bit like me. Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. Um, Barry, let's talk about James Madison's ball in if we can. That's his twenty-second goal or assist this season in all competition. Should I have been twenty-three. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll come on to that. Um, <laughs> I don't want to seem to be talking about him every every week, but to put a quality ball like that in with his wrong foot takes some doing, doesn't it? Well, just it just shows he's working, doesn't it? It shows that he's willing to do that, and, and he sold so Pogba the dummy. Not that Pogba was defending very well, but it was just inch perfect. It was like beautiful, beautiful ball. Um, he was really good. Madison and um, I thought that was Yuri's best game in a long time. Um, whether he's tried to earn a new contract or earn a move, he's going the right way about it if he carries on playing like that to the end of the season. Um, mm. But yeah, going back to Madison, Madison's always had that. Um, even back in the days he played for Aberdeen, he, he always shone with both legs, both feet. He was he was just quality with both. Um, but that ball was, yeah, Beckham-esque, that one. It felt like a very Leicester moment after. I mean, we take Johnny Evans off. Uh, he's played just over an hour and almost, it, not inevitably, but almost immediately, uh, they went down the other end and scored. It was a poor goal to concede from Leicester, I think, AD. Uh, a, a chance that we had to clear it. Schmeichel's clearance probably wasn't the best, but we had some real opportunity to win that ball back. Yeah, it really felt like they were at sixes and sevens at the back, didn't it? All of a sudden, it just kind of unravelled. But again, that, that's the Leicester that I'm almost... Juicy watching them, you're thinking, shit, I know this is going to end. I know what's happening. I know what's happening. And the kind of those, that massive gap appeared, didn't it, in the back mm. for, I, I don't know who it was that ran through, but but Fred was completely unmarked, wasn't he, to that left-hand side. And I mean, it was a lovely finish when he picked it up into the roof of the net, but I just kind of, it's, I think it's frustrating, isn't it? I think, but that's kind of being part of a Leicester fan, is that frustration where you think, you know how this is going to end. You know what's going to happen, and I just felt, yeah, we could have we could have done a lot better. But then again, you know, Casper, the first half, cracking save from him. You know, kind of like he made a, a few great saves. Casper did again, um, but you just think, ah, if just kind of the concentration goes out the window, and, uh, and that's and, and you know, and, and it's one one, and you kind of back up against it again. It's kind of five mistakes, wasn't it? I mean. Or six, even I think. Um, Amati, a poor back pass to Michael, 
Michael up or kick out. Little Wes didn't do enough to stop Bruno. Um, Schmeichel just shoveled it back into play. JJ really? and Amati were asleep and, and leaving leaving Fred to put it in, you know. So I, I think there was a whole catalogue of errors in just that one goal. Were you impressed with the way that they fought back after that, though, Steve? Oh, we were the it better been, team. Till the last five, ten minutes, we were by far the better team. We just took the game to them. We should have gone in front again. Uh, you know, if we'd gone 3-1 up in that period, I think it would have been a fair reflection of the play. We were that dominant. You expect Man U to be hurtling back, crowd behind them, equalise straight after. And I thought we played really, really well after that. That's when uh, Lit Wears, what a towering header that was, you know, mm. um, that De Gea with that world-class save. Um, you know, yeah, I think I, I think we did really well. That showed a lot of character after conceding that goal. Little Wes is going to be a threat from set pieces, I think, Tom, this season, isn't he? He's come back and he's uh, choosing violence. He's uh, he's ready yeah, to mean... <laughs> he's ready to to notch. It's great to see, really, because it's something that we've definitely been missing. Um, you know, a big strong lad to 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 bang him in with his head. I mean, we've we've not really a big strong Leicester boy. Absolutely, <laughs> we've not really had that since uh, big big Wes uh, put his. Here's so. one for you then, Tom. How long do we call Little Wes Little Wes for? Forever. <laughs> I think it's stuck now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> not no little though, is he? He's certainly not, no, no. Um, and he gives you a bit more confidence playing against these teams with uh, with big mid- midfielders and uh, big centre-backs against us. Well, there's been a lot yeah. more aggression, Mark, I would say, attacking the ball. Johnny Evans, you expect to do it. He's a tall guy. He's always known for his heading. But Fofana's not that that big, but he's the leap he's got, the aggression he puts into it. I think Castagna has been really good at defending yeah, yeah, as good. well. Uh, you know, balls into the air. We look a lot more secure from corners of late, touch, touching wood, as I say that, because we've been shit all season. <laughs> but of late, we've looked a lot better, I think. Speaking about fours, uh, and we'll come on to the uh, the thing for Vishai today to unveil his statue. It was great to see the old Leicester back four, wasn't it, back together. Yeah. Uh, Barry, even for you as an outsider, uh, to see those four lads lined up at the back, that's iconic, isn't it? Simpson, Fuchs, Hooth and Morgan. Yeah, sure is. Uh, <laughs> that, that was an all right picture. I'm glad you put it in the group. I wouldn't believe really you fussed about it. But I am um, happy with Thanks the statue. Thanks for that. Statue. <laughs> you happy put the wrong guy to come with that bit. I, I know, I haven't spoken to you for a while. And, you know, I didn't want you to be all that, <laughs> all depressed about, did you lose this weekend, Wolves? And yeah, I just thought I'd make sure you were all right. Anyway, to make us all depressed, let's talk about the second VAR flashpoint AD, uh, the, the goal that was disallowed. What was your view on that? Was that right or wrong? I still can't get my head around it. I'm still not quite sure. I get Ineacho and I get that he's kind of, he's there. There's quick feet. But again, I think this goes back to like what Buzz was saying about a little bit earlier on, the fact that however long it took and they had to keep looking at it and going back to it to see if they could find it from every single angle to try and get the goal disallowed. I thought it was a bit harsh, but then, you know, speaking to some of the lads down the pub on uh, on Sunday, they were like, well, you know, kind of, he did catch him and it, it, it was a foul. I, I don't know. I, I genuinely, I don't know. For me, I thought it was. I thought it was really, really harsh. But how quick were old Kalechi's feet? Let's be honest. About great, it. Yeah. You know, they, they were quite get it to matters, and it was such a nice finish from him. I think even Madison thought he was offside, didn't he? Because he, as he's sliding into the corner flag to celebrate with the away fans, he's kind of looking at the linesman down the down the touchline. But um, I, I, I thought it was it was great build up for me. Was it a foul? I don't know. I don't. I don't think it was. I thought. I thought it was a bit harsh. But then I might just sound like you know, kind of like you know, a little bit of a biased Leicester fan on that. If that happened in our area, it would have been a goal. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you look at it, you could argue that there was a slight foul in there. But did it change what happened? I don't think so. And was it a clear and obvious mistake? I don't think so. So Same, for me, like, the goal should have stood. It did, it, he did. He did touch his ankle, but that's not how Varane fell. No, Do you know what no. it was. It, was it, it, it slipped like his, his back leg yeah. slipped on yeah. the grass, and mm. that took him yeah. down. It wasn't. It wasn't actually the nudge. And no. I think that yeah. again, if you're going to be looking at VR a hundred times, you should have the common sense to see that it's, it's like the physics of the way he fell. It wasn't it had nothing to do with the touch. No. 
What do you think, Tom? Was uh, would, would in fact let me put it to you this way: if that's right. at the other end, we're looking for reasons to give the goal, aren't we? If it's at our end, we're looking for reasons to to get rid of that. Or is that the, the bitter <laughs> rant? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you could say that's an unfair comment, but I think you're spot on. To be honest. Um, I mean, I think the thing that hurts the most is the fact that it's a bloody good move. Uh, as you've said, Ian Acho's feet were amazing. I've not seen him. I've not seen him move like that. And his little flick onto Madison, he, he kind of gets round three players after the su- supposed um, foul, anyway. Um, and yeah, cr- cracking goal. Um, I mean, he, looking at it in slow motion several times at the right angle, it looks like he hooks his leg. But I mean, how much play acting was there out there? Yeah, well, I don't it think was, it's um, clear and obvious. Not clear and obvious for me. So it, it goes should have stood. Yeah, it was a really unfortunate afternoon. We should have had three points. Can I just ask this question, Steve, of you before we move on? Does mm. it highlight what what a mediocre season we've had or frustrating season we've had when we look at Man U and they're in fourth because they are not very good, are they? <laughs> Well, they're a shocking team. They've got great individual players, but they're a shocking team that are disjointed, not together and whatever. And let's be honest, we've had some pathetic performances. And although the injuries are mainly uh, the reason, I think, for where we are in the league, games like Forest in the Cup, not Florist in the Cup, that was just awful, awful performance. So there have been times when they haven't shown up, despite the injury problems. Uh, and there are times where they put a lot of effort in and not got just rewards. West Ham at home. How was that not a handball? Dawson's goal. You know, Brighton away. Two goals chalked off for offside when neither were interfering with play. We just don't seem to get the rub of the green. So I think it, I think what it does do is show the potential in the squad. Now we've got it nearly back and hopefully Vardy will be back soon. We'll get all of the, all of those players at the back match fit. Um, and we won't get any more injuries because we've lost Ndidi now, and obviously we don't have Mendy in the Europa Plate thing, whatever it is. Um, so don't, uh, don't do it down, Steve. It's the Europa no, no, no. amazing it's trophy. Europe should want to win. Yeah, it's the League One of Europe. And um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, at the end of the day, if we can end the season well, playing well, getting some results, I think it'd be a great bit of momentum going into next year. I noticed that West Ham fans that think they might be in line for Tielemans if they get Europe and maybe a bit more difficult if they don't get Europe. I can't see West Ham being that much better prospect than Leicester, to be honest. We've had a, a poor season for injuries, but look what happened the two years before. And I think if we end the season well, it'll give us momentum going into next year. Absolutely. AD, I've, uh, we do a game called Last Man Standing on... This, this podcast, and I've done one now in, in honour of you, having you on, really, as a radio DJ uh, and football, bit of a bit of a mashup. Um, what, my question tonight is going to be around the best-selling uh, football songs that have come out. So most of these have charted. In fact, all of them have charted. I've got the top 25 songs that, that are football songs. So these are by either football teams or football anthems or football players. Um, so I'm hoping it's going to go all right and you've got a few. Uh, and then I'll go through them afterwards. But does that sound, sound okay? Love it. Love it. I love it. Go on. Go on then, mate. You kick us off. Three lines, surely. Yes. Three uh, lines. Can you specify which one, please? Uh, well, this is the thing. I can't think. What was one that we played at the Oros? That would have been the original, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that have been yeah, the most, yeah, 96? Yeah. Like... yeah. It's only called Three Lines. I don't know why I asked you to say <laughs> which one. There was a 98 version, though. So I wonder the pamphlet, was it? Yeah. The... yeah You've yeah. just given two answers away now. <laughs> <laughs> The good thing is, while we've got Baz, he'll knock out a couple of verses of three lines for us. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Barry, I'll come to you next, if that's all right. Um, Was it Vindaloo? Vindaloo That's two two of the two I had. That's number three. Steve, I'll come to you next. Blue is the colour. Chelsea, I think. Blue is the colour is number 11. Do you know what year it came out? Oh, it was about 71 or something, or 72. 72, so close. Yeah. Got to yeah. number five in the charts back then for FA Cup final. Uh, Tom, over to you next. Going to go World in Motion. Oh, of course you are. 
And absolutely right you are. I just need to find the number of it because I've lost it. John Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> the Barnes <laughs> rap. I, uh, I interviewed him once and I asked him to do the rap and he just went, no. It's <laughs> 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 been a game over. <laughs> uh, number five, Tom. Number five in the charts. Do you remember the, the World Cup and the year that that was? Uh, I'd, I'd love to say... 94. 94? Qualified 94. Over to you, Andy. Uh, I'm going to go with Glory, Glory, Man United. I seem to remember being at primary school and everyone other than me, obviously, had like a, like on tape or cassette. Oh, I've not got Glory, Glory, Man United. Can't believe it. Cannot believe no, there's, it. There's... There is a Man United one. Up. In fact, there's two Man United ones up there. It didn't have another name, did it? What? Well, give me the other names. It might be them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're going to have to set the rest of this out. If uh, if I've got it wrong, you're going to have to come back on the show and I'll make a uh, public apology to you. Barry, I'll come to you next. Uh, can, I, can I name a band and not the song The song name? I know Embrace did one for England, but I can't remember the name of the song. Who? Embrace, the indie band. They did yeah, one for England. They're, they're not in the top 25. Oh, really? I thought that was quite yeah, a big song. Sorry about that. There's a few Scottish ones, you know. Yeah, I yeah, was going to go with one next. Yeah. Go on then. Well, I can't remember the exact title, but it's something like Ali McLeod's Tartan Army or something. It was a World Cup song. Yeah, Ali's Tartan Army. Ali's Tartan Army. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, number 17 in the all time uh, football songs. And it got to number six in the charts in 1978. Was that Archie Gemmell's year, Baz? Was that was that what year? Was that 78? Did you say 78? Yeah, that yeah, was his topo. Yeah, that was the. <laughs> Tom, I'm coming to you next. Oh dear, um, I'm struggling, so I'm going to go Blue Moon. Blue Moon is not in there, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Good song, Meg. If you're a Man City fan, all eight of them. Adi, I think it's you next, is it? No, he's um, out. I'm out. I'm, oh, you're I'm, out, I'm yeah. Who's left oh, in there? Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. Me and Baz. I'm going to go with uh, You'll Never Walk Alone. No. Oh, cool. Wow. No. It's not on my list. I feel, I feel like it should be. I'll take you through the top 25. So I've got number 25, Arsenal with Hot Stuff. That FA Cup final shit. song. Who gives a shit? <laughs> then Black Grape, England's Irie, which was a uh, Euro 96 song. Reds United, what? Sing Up for the Champions, Manchester United. Leeds United FC, an FA Cup song of 1972. The Cockerel Chorus with Nice One Cyril. Nice One Son, <laughs> Nice One Cyril. Let's have another one. Is that when uh, Tottenham England- had a football team and not just Harry Kane? They've won the trophy there now, haven't they? For yeah. Harry Kane's, he's won the most player of the month awards. Uh, England United, how does it feel to be on top of the world? Manchester United, we're going to do it again for the 95 FA Cup final. They didn't do it again. They lost 1-0 to Everton. Uh, Liverpool FC, pass and move for the 1996 FA Cup final. That was when they were the Spice Boys. Um, Andy Cameron's Ali's Tartan Army, we've got that. Liverpool FC, the Anfield wrap. I thought we might get that one. Oh, no. Spurs are on the way to Wembley in 1981. A couple of Scotland World Cup songs at 13 and 14. We Have a Dream and Ole Ola. Is Bog on the Tyne in there somewhere? Uh, the Tyne, yes. Because that was Waddle and Gascoigne, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Anton Deck were at number 12 with We're on the Ball. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing it. I feel like I'm doing a chart countdown. Oh, yeah. We well, are yeah. <laughs> Fucking shit, Eleven, Chelsea, yeah, all right. Chelsea, <laughs> blue is the colour. Uh, Man United, move, move, move. Carnival de Paris for Dario G. That was a, it. Was a classic. Uh, yeah. This time we'll fire the flag for England uh, in 1982. The next one, we were there when he sang a version of this song. Uh, I'm not sure if you were, AD, but Ness and Dorma. Oh, of course. But that was Pavarotti and he didn't sing it. He was dead. Um, Man United, come on, you Reds. Yeah, that's original. Yeah. Come on, you Reds. That was that one, wasn't it? <laughs> um, World in Motion, 
Back Home in 1970 for England, Fat Les Vindaloo, uh, Three Lions 98, and Three Lions completes the top 25. So as a DJ, AD, what, what do you reckon to that? Are you happy with the, the song selection? I'm a little bit worried about my job, to be honest with you, Mark. Like after that, don't any of the bosses hearing about it. I might be out on my ear. <laughs> yeah, well, well, no one listens. It's fine. We'll, we'll keep it. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Before we talk PSV, let's talk about the statue of Balin today. AD, what did Bishai mean to you as a Leicester City fan for all he did for the club? Do you know, you look at football, don't you? Like, I think more now more than ever about how bad fans have got it and, and, and what owners do and, and, and kind of how clubs are, are run. And you look at like how our club has been run. You just, you just freaking wake up and thank your lucky stars, don't you? You know, you think yeah. how lucky are we to have owners like ours? Um, and I was looking back on my phone today, so on the time op thing that brings up all the memories. And there's pictures of like cupcakes that we had for Vichai's birthday. There's pictures of three beers, bottles of water, you know, cakes, but you know, and they, and they go back year after year after year, you know, it wasn't just a one-off thing. It was every single yeah. year. Um, and, and I just think that the cover shy, he is someone that will give, you know, me memories to tell my daughter about, you know, the, the stories that I will forever be grateful for. Um, and, I just think we were we were so so lucky, and the shock and the grief as well that that kind of came out over the city after the helicopter crash. And, and and you look at that, and the and the people that started coming out and saying about what the family had done for the city, you know, the hospital for charity, not just for the football club. You know, they were so and still are so immersed in the city and have made such a difference. Um, and I just think I just think that. It was such such a sad, sad loss, you know, such a sad, sad loss um, of Cumbershire. But this person that has given us all, you know, all memories that we will never, ever forget. And let's be honest, we will never, ever see again. If we do, it won't be quite as special as the first time around because it should never have happened, should it? You know, it should, you know, the, the 15, 16 season, it just should never have happened. I always, I always remember him. Um, I, I met him once and... It was by some lifts and he was actually coming down um, with a, a silver fox and he was going to give it to Andy King on the side of the pitch for like his uh, however many years I think it was. Um, and I remember him coming out the lift and I remember like a little starstruck boy. I just saw him and I was just like, Vishai, thank you so much. For and I had my photo with him. I had like, you know, kind of like I had my photo with him. And he was just such a humble bloke. And he was like, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And, I, and you know, there was, there was so few words, but I remember just feeling like I'd really met greatness, you know, someone that I would always, always remember. Um, and what, what, a, what a magnificent legacy, you know, not for, just for the football club, but for, for everything he's done for Leicester as well as a whole. Do you think, Barry, that Leicester fans know how lucky they've, they've had it or good they've had it with uh, Kunvishai and the Sviranabad uh, with his family? Yeah, I think we do. I think um, just going on, Solely the evidence I have, and that's the way you guys talk about it. Every single guest who comes on when we talk about the subject, um, it's uh, splattered across Twitter. Um, I think even other fan bases appreciate what they've brought to the league because it broke up the trend. And with minimal budget and a, a fantastic football team, we played ace football. There's, there can't be any fans in the whole of the UK, possibly even Europe, who weren't supporting Leicester at the end of that season just hoping they would do it um, and yeah fair play to them I, I, hope, I hope that legacy does continue so everyone's current generation of children get to know all about them Yeah it is a, a legacy as well isn't it Tom you must be looking forward to seeing the statue in itself what did you think to it? Yeah it looks good doesn't it um, I, I think as as you guys have just said like I think the appreciation that, that the fans have for, for the owners um, has been so clear Um and kind of speaks volumes from all the you know the weekly chants in the stadium and and uh, other stadiums. Um, and I think other other teams have appreciated what our owners have done, and that there can be that change rather than having these owners that just come in, fling money at things, and then piss off, leaving a complete mess. Um, but yeah, the you know Vishai and his family, they they were always so um, so genuine with the fans. Um, the way that they spoke to the players and they really showed a bond with the players on the pitch, uh, pitch side. 
Um, and just that display of family and community that they've had basically with, with every Leicester fan. Uh, yeah, they've, they've made it quite clear with us. And a uh, big sort of props to, to top as well, really, Steve, because the easiest thing in the world would have been to walk away after 2018. 2018, can you believe it's that long ago now? It's what, no, I know, I was seeing it. It's nearly four years, you know, it's, um, yeah. And it, what would he have been today? 63 or 64? 64. 64. Would have been his birthday today. Yeah, top, I mean, for all of the emotional heartache he went through, he's just continued his father's legacy. And, you know, of course, we've got a couple of stories about your mother. Oh, I nearly ran over those Chinese folk. No, they're Thai and they're the owners, right? But, I mean, despite all the stories of what he's done for the city and whatever, what he's done for football, I think he's given the non-Big Six hope. Every club has got hope that they can do it now because of what he's achieved. You know, the players love him. It's not just the fans. The players love him. He's done stuff for for the players. And one story, if it's true, kind of sums him up. You know, we've all heard that the... The guy that controls the barrier on the way to the um, King Power car park is just as important to him as Jamie Vardy, right? And I remember a story, and I'm assuming it's true, that when they had the original Remembrance Garden, you know, he said, you know, we should have put some crisps out, some Walker's crisps out for people that are there, you know, um, thinking about their lost loved ones that were Leicester fans. And actually put some whiskey down there, put a single malt down there with some glasses. And most of the time, he actually took that bottle himself, right, and talked to people in the gardens. Rather, he didn't give it to somebody else to do. He did it himself. And even on a match day, went and met people before the match to, you know, to help them remember their loved ones. And that, you know, kind of shows the kind of guy that he, that he was. And I think Top's just taken that on. He's a chip off the old block. And um, how how lucky are we as a club? I don't think there can be better owners. I mean, what do the Glazers do? Take 20 million a year dividend out of Manu or something? You know, these guys are, love their sports. They love the community. They love the way they've been adopted by Leicester. And, and they put stuff back in for for the love of it, not for material gain. And there aren't many like that. They're, they're the best around, for sure. I love that. It's great to- Oh, I, I, I'd completely forgot about it, but I remember being at that first Remembrance Garden and um, uh, kind of walking by and seeing uh, seeing Top come out with um, a silver tray and a bottle of whiskey on it and some glasses and putting it down um, in the Remembrance Garden. And I remember thinking, what on earth is going on here? And he he poured one glass and he kind of offered it and there was a, a statue of a goddess or a god in that in that first one. Yeah. down by like the reception area uh, and I remember he offered it to the god and then pulled another one left it there uh, talked to some people and then, and then walked back in and, and and until you'd said that I'd completely forgot about that but I remember witnessing that myself and thinking bloody hell how how lucky are we how lucky are we do you know what also uh, springs to mind as well is that yeah. we've had this ceremony today and um, where all of the ex-managers have come back. He sacked, you know, some of them, and they've come back. To, <laughs> Most of them they've come back to pay their, <laughs> yeah, to pay their respects uh, to the guy today. So that's a huge mark of their. Show, shows you really the the character of the man, really, Steve, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it, it shows the high esteem he was putting in, and that's down to his values, his ethics, if you like, and everything else. I mean, they just seem like wonderful people with a huge amount of humility i mean they're they're multi-billionaires but they don't think they're anything special and and they want to use what they've got to do good wherever they are whether that's in thailand whether that's in leicester or whatever and um you know thank god we've got them in the in the club you know they've done i I don't know where we'd be without them coming in and and buying out milan mandrick at the time they did and Mm. taking us on the journey we've been on who could have envisaged back in 2010 or whenever it was where we'd be now was 2010 wasn't it I think I mean it's such a short time and the club is transformed in that time and the love for the club from from everyone in Leicester but but outside you know people that aren't football fans have a high regard for the club I think because of them and uh, but also from other clubs and fans from outside of Leicester 
So a lovely tribute from from you guys there, Barry. Just to finish off on this, um, it, is the blueprint now that the Vishai and his family have, have laid down in terms of football ownership in the Premier League? Is that what do you think clubs are now trying to follow? Look at that, you know, your team, uh, Aston Villa. I know you, you spent a bit of money, but the the smart money now, the smart thing to do is to to build long term success, isn't it? Yeah, and, and like Steve said, it, it has delivered that hope, um, and it hasn't really. Actually, we could probably say we have been possibly the biggest spenders in the league since um, yeah. since they've since you guys won the league. Um, but not many teams are splashing the cash like the big the big teams will do it on one off players. West Ham haven't really done it. They've seen some set success. Arsenal, fifty million on a centre half that's pretty young. That's probably the right right market rate. So no one's really splashing the cash. They're still trying to keep that formula. I think. Um, Owners who come in aren't, it's not a hobby. Like you could arguably say that is the case for Newcastle just now. But I think that the, the, the people who are coming in recently in the last five years are trying to build foundations and, 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 and join sort of crossover multi sports and generate money and generate good new setups. I think Chelsea, Chelsea as well, they kind of did a, a strange way of doing the blueprint of buying all the youngsters and then sell them on at profit. Whereas now, I think that's not really happening with clubs. They're trying to generate the players themselves. And if they become world beaters, then they'll make the megabucks. But that is kind of down to to your owners. They've kind of generated that belief and like positiveness as well. I think it, it, you look at Leicester and just look how much they love the club, even when it's crap. And even you, like you guys do it as well. Like you can have a bad day, bad performance. You can slate a player. We've slated Rogers a couple of times in this podcast, mm. but there is never ever anything said about the owners, and I don't know if any other club could say that. I think you're right. Obviously, the first outing that a lot of Leicester City fans will have to to see the statue will be on Thursday night, and that's going to be our last topic for this evening. But PSV at home, maybe it could be seen as one of the biggest game in, in many years for for the club. Are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to it as well, and 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 kind of. Let's be honest. This this is going to be this could be the last chance for a little while before we we see European football again. So you know, I think it's so important to get down there and to to to, to sell it out. And I've completely agreed, Mark. It's a massive game. I think this could be the biggest game of our season. Uh, you know, kind of PSV quarterfinals at home. You know, if we can if we can get a couple of goals in that first leg, I know that away goals don't stand anymore, but. If we can, if we can do something uh, on Thursday night, and I always feel that kind of like with the statue being unveiled today, it will be, as you say, lots of fans are going to be seeing that for the first time on Thursday. It just builds the atmosphere all the time, doesn't it? There's just all these added kind of. I'm sure I don't know, but I'm sure there will be. You know, the, of course, there'll be the clappers, but will there be? little kind of like, you know, tokens of appreciation for Convershire at the ground on Thursday. I, I don't know, but you would probably imagine there'll be something else, some kind of a, a mark of the occasion. You know, all these things just build all the time. And if the boys can put in a good performance, you know, it's, it's excitement. And, 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 and going back to what you were saying, Steve, it kind of like builds this momentum towards the end of the season as well good game on Thursday night Yori's happy Yori signs his new deal in the summer we win the European tin pot whatever it's called jobs of fish European football <laughs> next season everyone's happy Vardy goes in his crypto chamber or whatever he is and he plays till he's 52 it's all, it's all like the stars of a line there Everything we go absolutely fine there we go I'm having that Steve are you, are you having, having AD's story there no, no, I think Vardy will only play to 51. I think he's got that one wrong. Um, Two more years in him. <laughs> yeah, but it is a great story, isn't it? And it's our most important game since the FA Cup final. And, and probably, you, you know, in a way even more important because it is our passport to Europe. It's our only feasible way into Europe next year, I think. And so it's as big a game, really, as the Champions League quarterfinal against um, Atletico Madrid, I think. It's that big. And hence, he might rest players against Palace. I mean, it is that big. You've got to play your best players against PSV. Tom, it's a sellout. I've just had the, just seen confermation yeah. about, say, 32,500 down Filbert Way. How much of a difference can the fans make on Thursday night? Oh, tons. Tons. Um, obviously, you know, a, a cup game, you get a bit of a different crowd, don't you? But I, I think the atmosphere is going to be absolutely buzzing down there. Um, as, as you've said, 
it's uh, it's kind of the biggest game of the season. Um, so yeah, just got just got to give it give it everything really. Uh, I think uh, Steve's right as well. I think we're we'll probably rest players for Palace. Um, so as as far as I'm aware. I believe Evans and Fafana will probably be starting that one as well. So that that's a slight worry to me, but um, <laughs> you've got to put them out there if you want to get something and, you know, hopefully we can get a nice 2-0 or something. I think there was a, a really good atmosphere at home to Wren. There was a singing section that was allowed in the in the cup for that one. It's not the same case, actually, for for PSV on, on Thursday. That was a slight bit of a blow, really, to, to the lads, isn't it? Uh, certainly the Union FS guys that, that had set that up. Tom. Does it what? <laughs> singing section, were there? Did, did you hear about that? Uh, the, the singing section, I yeah, I think the Union FS boys do. Uh, guess they do, they do a, a brilliant, brilliant job, a brilliant job. Uh, and I think I think the fact is, I like you see, uh, like I've not been to any of the away games, but I know a few. You know, my brother went to to Ren away, so it's the best away game he's ever been to. Speaking to friends that went to Randers before that, they were saying that was the best European away game they'd ever been. To. Like it really feels like you know, kind of like any European away game, everyone's having the absolute time of their lives when they go there. So, you know, with that singing section, we've kind of like that on, on Thursday night, if it's a sellout, that's brilliant. I think, I, I really think that it could be one of the, you know, I know it's the most important game of the season, but I think it could be one of the best for the atmosphere though as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, of Covey Shine, because of the, because of everything else that is happening at the moment, I just think it is going to be, Electric. I think it's going to be some. I, I really, really do hope, and I think it'll be really, really special on Thursday. Uh, Barry, do you get the excitement around this for Leicester fans? I know that you know there might be some people that go, "Come on, this is a third-rate European trophy. Nothing really to be that excited about." But Leicester have got a good chance of winning this, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Like, why wouldn't you be excited about it? And it's PSV. They are a European giant, whether it is the the Champions League or or the the Conference League, and plus. Whoever wins it wins it for the first time. It's it it is an exciting and it, and arguably it's been more entertaining than the Europa uh, for sure. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching Leicester going through, um, and it is it is a mass that is a massive tie. I think the winner of this goes to the final. So fingers crossed for you. Roma might have something to say about that, but we'll yeah, I, 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 no, I don't think there. so. I don't think so. They they just don't look. Like Mourinho has a way of doing it, doesn't he? Get into the final, but I don't know. I think both Leicester and PSV beat Roma. Yeah, yeah. I think Bodo Glimt will knock them out anyway. That would be amazing <laughs> if they don't, yeah. <laughs> also, it would be quite poetic to have. Uh, are, we, are we at home second leg for the semi final if we get through? I know we're talking ahead now. Um, I'm not sure if we're at home second leg, but can you imagine Mourinho trying down the King Power? It'd be absolutely <laughs> superb. Be like, be like 2016 all over again when, when we've got into yeah. Uh, just seeing that Crystal Palace are two 0 up against Arsenal as well at half time in, in that game, so wow. uh, that might not be an easy one for us on, on Saturday. Uh, I sent a video through earlier just on PSV on Noni Madueke, the player that John Percy is, is said that Leicester are very much interested in signing in the summer. Steve, did you have a chance to watch that video? And if so, what are your, what are your thoughts on the guy? No, but I have seen him play before. I mean, he was talked about previously. Sorry, John Watson. And uh, <laughs> I'm not even that old. Come on. And uh, no, uh, he, he looks like he could be an answer. He's obviously only a young guy. He's playing for England under 23s and and getting rave reviews in Dutch football. But that doesn't necessarily uh, mean that he's going to be a superstar in the Premier League. Look at Van der Beek. Like, so um, He's not done a lot for Man U or Everton. But, yeah, I mean, he fits our profile, doesn't he? He's an exciting young player with room to develop in an area where we've been struggling. So, um, uh, hopefully, we can we can ensure he has a disappointing game against us. But I'd, I'd be excited if we were actually to sign him, yeah. I think, uh, Adi, that if, if we do go for him, it's likely to be a club record fee. But that exciting right-sided winger, is something we've been lacking since a certain Mr. Mares left our shores. You know, it is, isn't it? It's kind of like we look at kind of the team and what we've got, and this, this, this kind of like this young, 
happy, dynamic, really kind of up for it team. Uh, all people, you know, lots of the players signing long-term contracts, extensions now, aren't they? Kind of like you start looking at James Justin, you start looking at Wesley Fofana, KDA, you know, kind of all these deals that are being sorted out all the time. Madison, you know, if we do get someone of his quality on the right-hand side and things do start to tick and we have a, you know, we have a relatively kind of a bit more good luck with injuries, I think we could, we could be on something really, really special next season. Yeah, it's so much to look forward to, isn't there? All the time, especially now. It's funny getting a few players back and getting a few results, and actually you lose perspective a little bit when you're in that bad run. I think so. I think from my own point now, um, you know, the Brendan Rogers out campaign that was going on, I almost got sucked into that, or I did get sucked into that. I'd like to retract that statement. I say live. <laughs> it's been an emotional season. <laughs> that was after Forest. Forest was an emotional day. Uh, and it, it hurt that one did for for many many reasons, but I, I well, can't I wait. Out in heaven later that night. Oh, it was terrible, yeah. wasn't it? All these forest fans you don't normally see were there. Yeah, yeah, they've not been out since 1979. So it's no. a one. But yeah, I'm looking forward to to next season, guys. Before we finish on, let's take some uh, predictions for the for the PSV game on Thursday, if that's okay. Barry, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, Leicester. Oh, we're on our way. We're on our way to Albania. We're on our way. Steve, you're up next. Uh, well, uh, I think PSV are going to score, uh, sadly. So it's going to be 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, one. Aidy, what about you? I've got it in my head. It's going to be 2-1 City. Tight game back in there, Eindhoven. Yeah, yeah. A tight game back in Eindhoven. I just live by the seat of a pants for 90 Like minutes. Like Red, all over yeah. again. So yeah, we God, like it. Nice nice time. and tight, yeah. 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 Gosh. Uh, Tom? Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to my 2-0 no Leicester. Um, with a lot of hope, let's say. Yeah, and I'll go to, I'll follow you, Tom, I think, 2-0 as well. I think we'll we'll be solid defensively and we'll get a couple of goals. Harvey Barnes will, will probably nick one, I think, uh, for us. I'm so impressed with Harvey Barnes. Uh, I think even at, even when he's not having a good game, he's still so likely to do something for us. So I think it's his yeah. game on, on Thursday. Um, so that's great. That's one foot in the semi-final then, as far as we're concerned. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then just Palace in the middle. Uh, listen, guys, that's all we've got time for tonight. Aidy, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you've had a, a good time with us this evening. Uh, it's been pretty genuinely. I'm, I'm so chuffed to be asked. So thank you ever so much for having me. Uh, good luck with the new job as well. Good luck at waking up at four in the morning. How's it been? <laughs> is it just this week you've started? Is it? So literally, I think, Basby, you said you started a new job today. I, I've started my new yeah. job today as well. So, um, so yeah, the, the alarm call, yeah, was 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 four o'clock this morning. But it, it's great. It's It's been an absolute dream to go back to it. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're planning something really, really special with the show. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's great. The You know, the Breakfast Show at Radio Leicester, being a Glenfield boy and getting to, getting to the big one, is, is just brilliant, brilliant. And that is the prime show, is it? A bit like it was on Radio 1, the Breakfast Show. One. It's the big one. It's the big one. What he's saying is, it's sort of a big deal. It is a big deal, yeah. <laughs> Many the breakfast out. show is always a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> that's proper. I think the phrase is proper Leicester. That is proper uh, to, to, to be presenting the show. But thanks so much for joining. I hope you will join us again at some point. And if you if you're around at the Villa game in a few weeks, it'd be great to catch up for a beer as well. Love to. I'd love to on all all counts. Of that I'd love to. Yeah, sounds good. Probably Tom, before the game though, because we're going to the speedway straight after. I'm in. I'm in. I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh, do you I'm want to go good. to the Speedway as well? Fucking, oh, I don't know about the Speedway. Steve, come on, mate. You know, I just told you about my golden tickets on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> day, mate. I mean, I don't fancy the ball for Christmas. It's Barry Stag, dude. That's why we're all going. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to be dressed up in villa shirts for a laugh. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. No. Tom, Steve, Barry and, and Amy, thanks very much for joining us for another episode of it's 11 at 7 for Jamie Vardy, and we'll join you again, not next week, but the week after. Goodbye. A modern day football miracle. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown us all away in truth. Premier League champions 2016. The amazing...
Sports Social Podcast Network.